So, welcome to the Three Shape podcast series. Um, I'm joined today by Dr. Doug Watt of Euston Place Dental Practice, who has a special interest in implantology and aesthetic dentistry. Welcome, Doug. Thank you for coming. Good morning. Hi. So, um, I think the first thing to ask here is going to be, Doug, what Three Shape products do you have for everyone out there? I think pretty much all of them. Um, we've okay. got uh, so within the practice uh, we have three trio scanners. We've got uh, the complete restorative uh, design d- uh, dental systems setup, which came alongside a E one model scanner, I believe we mm-hmm. we have, um, and then we also have uh, design studio, implant studio, and splint studio. So, uh, and also uh, one of the partners is using the ortho software okay, as well. So, so, so yeah. So you genuinely do have everything. That's good. Yeah, okay, pretty bro. much, I think. <laughs> okay, cool. So in terms of sort of your timeline, I'd imagine you didn't buy everything together. Um, what was the first thing that you bought? So when I first got to the practice, there was already a sort of degree of digital in the practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the word Serec on a three-shape podcast, but there are no, a couple. That's fine. Uh, I don't know if that's a swear word, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so we there were two Serec blue cams in the practice already. So one of my partners sure. was um, let me use his, and I sort of did a did a couple of Serec. So I, from that, even before that, I was interested in in digital and scanning, but it was the first sort of experience I had of that. So. Um, then my lab, I, I looked into getting an old old CEREC acquisition unit and things like that, and I just couldn't sort of get it to work in my head. I just, I wasn't quite happy with how everything set together on that. Um, so my lab suggested I got a hold of um, a demo of a three-shape Trios, um, and I, that was the first I'd heard of it. So uh, I got in contact with Dale, who was at that point working... I think it was I can't remember the name of the the company, but it was before With he was Medi-Scan. Medi-Scan, that was there before he he moved over to Three Shape, and he brought a trios over, and I prepped a um, couple of my dad's teeth and scanned him, and uh, he did that in my first trios case, uh, and then a few months later, um, Mikhail and Dale came over again, and I did a, a, a six unit small makeover case, three to three on trios, and sent it all off to the lab. Uh, ju- really just testing because I wasn't certain of accuracy or fit uh, you know when sure. it comes to a full digital workflow and all that kind of stuff um, and you know I, I was blown away by the accuracy the fit the occlusal um, lack of needs of adjustments I suppose and everything so that's when I bought the trio scanner so I went to a dental showcase in London ordered a trio scanner and that was the first first thing um, I'd also been looking at implant studio before that um, just because I thought it was a great piece of software. Um, so when I was looking into the Trio scanner, I, obviously that led me on to researching a bit more and looking into tr- Implant Studio. Um, so the next thing I bought was was Implant Studio um, alongside a 3D printer. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, gradually sort of built up into milling and more in-house man- manufacture from there. Um, so yeah, first thing was just just buy the scanner and send it to my lab. Okay, cool. Well, it's you know with digital at the moment, you as you're pretty aware, it's you can go down a lot of rabbit holes. You can kind of get really into a lot of the different aspects of digital dentistry. So, I think it's it is wise to kind of tailor your package in terms of start start small, build up to big, and obviously you've kind of built up to to ginormous as opposed yeah. to just big, uh, which is awesome. It's really good to see a practice that's actually you know exploring every avenue that we have to offer, which is which is really cool. Um, so I guess naturally it's it's 
good to ask what's changed in the time that you've had your your digital scanner so what workflows have you kind of you know seen online maybe or visualized and then you've gone you know what i can make that digital so um a lot of a lot of everything i've been doing basically i've converted as much digital as i can there's um the the first one i really looked into um i suppose was when i was doing a crown lengthening course a few years ago with um Par uh Hatamal Graffi from Perio Academy and he was discussing using a guide for crown lengthening surgery um so i looked into that in the three shape user on facebook called mark dixon had posted how he he designs these guides so i i sort of looked into sort of how i could use that with my pre-prep um scan being an imported digital wax up and then un put that align that with my existing um surface scan of the tooth and then use that to design a guide based on the pre-preparation digital wax up and then i was looking at how can i make that top of the guide three mil from where I, my restorative margin is going to end to where my bone reduction will be and looked at you know a sort of a, a surgical guide from that so you know that was something I, I i looked into make it as digital as possible and and you know that that was obviously i, I didn't in any way feel i designed that idea myself but uh, you know i i found mark dixon had, had done it before and hatam had shown me how to do it in an analog fashion and i sort of put everything together and sort of started printing those in-house um so that was a really interesting workflow and you know looking at the moment of um something i'm chatting with one of one of the other dentists I work with um, about is how you would then build up, well, actually a couple of the other dentists I work with, how you would do use a temporary crown to design an implant emergence profile. So how we could scan a temporary crown as a pre-preparation or a separate scan, align that in dental systems, then design the new crown to fit the exact scan of that temporary crown. So that's something I'm, I'm looking at how we look instead of doing a custom pickup say for implants so that's the kind of kind of things i quite like looking at just because it's a bit different and interesting um i suppose other things I've, I've started doing more of is is how to guide composite so the the really the thoughts are how i do something digitally then transfer it to the mouth that's really the 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 link isn't it so mm -hmm. it's how you would digitally mock up an increased OVD in a composite restoration and then how you transfer that to the mouth. And there are loads of different ways of doing it. And you see lots of people doing it through different ways. And that, that can be case specific. So whether that be injection molding every other tooth, injection molding everything at once, building a palatal matrix and then building that and using the digital to guide your palatal position doing the rest freehand you know loads of different things direct indirect veneers for example that was one of the early things i posted on facebook where i'd use a digital mock-up um and and an existing model and then basically sandwich the middle of, between a, a memosilm mock-up and the original model sandwich composite between a cured it and then had the d digital um, design as a d indirect veneer, composite veneer and then <laughs> cement that in this mouth with heated composite so things like that that you know and it removes that barrier of having to get a lab technician in the lab to to do your wax up if you can do it relatively cheap, quick and easy then uh you know get it printed off and have it have it ready in house mm. i think this is the cool thing about digital dentistry is 
you don't necessarily need to follow these guided workflows that you know manufacturers set out to to give so for example none of these workflows that you've just described or anything that we necessarily as three shape will actually you know have as an official workflow it's just something mm. that kind of like a craftsman knows his toolkit mm. if you understand your digital toolkit you can get a lot more achieved than you think um, obviously as you know Doug my background's much more in ortho and it's like for example taking into account that while the three shape ortho system can do certain things straight out the box as a designed guided workflow you can actually achieve so much more if you just take a look at the tools you know scratch your head a little bit and go right okay this is this is my toolkit how can I achieve what I want to achieve with and like yeah. I said, it's, it seems to be like what you've done, especially with the, um, you know, the the gingival contouring guides or the, uh, well, crown lengthening guides anyway that you mm. talked about beforehand with Mark. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a really big topic. Um, so, yeah. I just I know it's kind of jumping across to to talk about something else, but I I kind of understand that you've got a bit of a unique setup in your clinic. So you've got all of these really cool um, softwares that you use on a daily basis, but I can imagine most of the people that are listening right now will think, well, how does this all relate together? You know, where's the integrations? How easy is it to, to, you know, to use all of these softwares in tandem with each other? So could you just kind of explain exactly how is your clinic set up with all of this? So we've, we've, initially started obviously with just scanners um, and then added things later. Now we've integrated um, a client-server relationship into our clinic now so the the future of digital as I see it, it isn't big acquisition units in every surgery because that's just not not feasible so I, I spoke um, spoke to some some people from 3Shape and, and sort of discussed all of this and I wasn't really aware about the client-server relationship um, situation until that point. But I, I started thinking about it and what we did was we got a, lo- a load of um, high-spec gaming desktops in our surgeries um, and then bought the, I think it's a TP-Link Archer, can't remember the exact number, which is the, the dongle that connects the Trios wireless to the move in or the laptop in my in my case uh well the move in my case i should say or uh, and so i bought that plugged it into the back of the uh desktop and surprisingly actually got it to talk and work so (laughs) um yeah and then i realized if i could do that and scan on my desktop and have the client server installation literally all that we need to move from one surgery to the next is the actual trios handpiece um which is a lot easier than moving a bulky acquisition unit or a laptop with a load of wires and a pod so so we we set it up like that so now i i can move my trails handpiece down to another surgery and have that client server relationship set up the other benefit to that is it the scan will appear directly on the server um, and be accessible through any computer. So it's not that you send it through communicate to the server and then once it's on the server, you then have to go to that computer to to manipulate it on a different piece of software. Everything's linked. So the, the um, design studio license, implant studio license, splint studio license is all on the server. The client PC, which is one of the ones sitting in one of the surgeries has access to that seat of that license via the network so you don't then have to do it on a specific pc it can be um done in the surgery yeah and you can scan in any room as long as you have enough seats on the license so just just um a lot neater and easier um and and design is quicker and you know just a bit more efficient really um 
you know we we sort of swap and change between at the moment using our design studio and dental systems for for our crown design so my partner charlie really loves dental systems um Kerpa, one of our associates he uses design studio a lot more you know I, I i swap and change between them depending on how i'm feeling time of the day how many coffees i've had things like that <laughs> I think the difficult part is going to be who uses the milling unit, right? So you yeah, can imagine exactly. there's a queue forming. Uh, well, occasionally I, I get booted off, you know, I'm, I'm sat there trying to do something on, on one of the computers and Charlie comes up and wants, well, I, I've got a crown to mill in for Windsor patient in 25 minutes. And, you know, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is really interesting hearing from sort of a more advanced clinic in terms of what they do with with regards to setup because it's not something that we as three ship necessarily talk about too much as you said it's it's not feasible for the majority of clinics to be buying a, a separate scanner for each chair it's no. just not scalable in terms of cost so the ability to take a wireless scanner literally just pick the handpiece up and that's it and move it between clinics you can you if you have multiple ones you can give them different names and you can actually just connect them up to all of these different pcs at all of different times it just it mitigates that cost so whilst people look at trius and think you know wow it, it is a premium scanner it has a premium price tag if you actually break it down into the fact that you could maybe use one trius over three surgeries really really efficiently just as if you had you know three other wired wired scanners within those clinics if you if you it actually were, makes a lot more sense yeah if you were looking to set up an entire surgery with one each one acquisition unit some somewhere between let's face it twenty thousand and fifty thousand depend mm -hmm. on you know which brand type whatever per surgery you know as soon as you hit two surgeries you're, you're looking you know well between 40 and 60 grand isn't it so sure. if you can use one between multiple surgeries or two between five surgeries or what, what have you it not only means that obviously it's a lot more cost effective to set the whole surgery up as a fully digital workflow the other side of it is you can get your um, other members of the team so hygienists nurses um anyone who is trained in scanning to then to scan your patients um so it's not a case of everything has to be done by dentists so if, i mean when we first started using scanners people weren't really accepting scans for widening trays or retainers or anything like that they were saying oh it's not quite good enough you know the models aren't accurate enough blah 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 now all our whitening all our retainers all our gum shields splints everything like that all done on scans um and if we can do that, it means, you know, someone wants whitening, we can say, book in with a nurse or a hygienist for the scan, we'll fit the trays, you can, and it minimizes the amount of surgery time that the dentist is spending with that, and that can be more efficiently utilized for other treatments. So I think it can bring in a more holistic team approach to all the treatments, in all honesty. Sure. I mean, as well, it's, like you mentioned, your your bleaching trays, your whitening trays, your gum shields and things are all accepted by the scanner in terms of like wide acceptability anyway, in terms of accuracy. But I think as well, the fact that scanners are being used for a lot more than a lot of people think now. So I know quite a few people that are doing full mucosa-borne dentures on, on yeah. scans now. And, you know, we released the workflow, must be six to eight months ago now, where you can actually, you know, you've got a couple of different options. You can either scan the impression so you take yeah. the impression from muco compressive um, capture, and you can scan that muco compressive information. You could scan it as muco static if you wanted by simply intraorally scanning, and you can even scan a copy denture. So it's just, I think it goes to prove that a lot of people don't necessarily 
realize that digital dentistry today can actually fulfill 90% of indications, dental indications that we're, we're going for. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't really think of many dental indications that aren't suitable for, for scanning if you, you know, maybe even think a little bit outside the box. Yeah. So I, I had exactly that discussion with someone on Facebook the other day. So someone was asking about digital dentures. And um, what one of the comments was, I don't see how I can get a mucocompressive impression with scanning. And I said, my thought was that actually digital dentures isn't a purely digital workflow in the way that everything has to be scanned. The construction of the denture is digital. If you need a physical mucocompressive impression, you get it. But then, so my answer was putting exactly that page you just said on a, you know, scan scan soft tissue, scan the impression or scan an existing denture for a copy technique. And so, you know, of course, occasionally with dentistry, because you're dealing with something that moves and, a, a, you know, soft tissues, hard tissues, everything, you will need something physical. You know, you, you, you can't do mucocompressor with an intraoral scanner it's just not possible but the stages the accuracy as soon as you move out of the digital world and into analog you lose that accuracy so if you take a mucocompressor out of someone's mouth and instantly scan it and send that off and then you have a digital workflow to create that denture actually that is going to be about as accurate as you can get because you're not then sending that denture or that, that impression off in a bag to a lab you know, sat on the heater of the car as it goes back to the lab and all that, you know, what, whatever sort of, or knocked or whatever, cast up, not on its heels, any of those things that will then cause any minor distortion of that denture are eliminated because the moment it's out of the patient's mouth, you scan it and you've got as accurate a de- impression as you can. You know, it's not, it's not 100% fully digital workflow because you do have to take an impression, yes, but sure. every stage that you again you're not sending a contaminated impression to the lab you're not everything's kept in surgery so many different factors mm-hmm. and the denture design is digital and that accuracy is there so I, I think you know there is this slight misunderstanding I mean really the only thing I take impressions for now is to make a temporary if I'm doing a delayed crown so if I'm doing a crown or an onlay making a temporary I take an impression before but other than that I I, I don't actually use algebra that's the only re- or, or silicon um the only reason I have any silicon in my surgery is to do uh, stents on on models for things like palatal stents for composites and things sure. like that. So um, yeah, the and the the other side of it is the um, algen of temporaries. That's kind of the only time really I take an impression. Mm-hmm. I think as well we we touched on it a little bit with hygiene. Like right now with COVID especially, and I know we shouldn't be saying the C word in a, in a timeless podcast that's going to be going through the ages, but you know, it's yeah, the well. time we're in. So, you know, things are, things are really hotting up when it comes to, um, to taking hygiene on board as a clinic and making sure that it is priority number one, right? Mm. So from a technician's perspective, again, receiving, uh, receiving impressions in the lab before covid was even a bit of a hygiene risk because you know you've got hep b you've got you've got hiv you've got all of these infectious um diseases and and viruses and things floating around even before covid but now because it's such a a widely known factor that we need to be managing this better as an industry you know digital scanners just makes so much more sense because i know excuse the pun but the only virus you can get on a file is a digital virus. Mm. You can't get a physical virus. You can't get sick from a file. No, so it is, 
huge at the moment to be considering a, a digital scanner for, you know, just for cross-infection benefits alone. If you think of the number of contacts an impression will have going to a lab, you know, mm-hmm. firstly, it comes it's, the dentist takes it. So it's gone patient to dentist. The nurse will then put it into a bath of sort of antibacterial or whatever, antiviral. Mm-hmm. Then it's wrapped up. A delivery driver will come and pick it up. It goes via my reception desk to go to where they pick it up. It then goes to the delivery driver. It then goes and gets logged in at the lab. It then gets cast up by one person. That person who's then cast it up probably leaves at that point and goes to someone else who then does whatever stage so potentially you know you've got 10 different people handling this impression from from its inception to when it's you get a crown or whatever back you know at the end of it and then it's back into the surgery so you know i'm sure a lot of things are very effective at killing things but they can't be as effective as sending data no matter yeah, how good exactly. you think it is so you know the the number of contacts there is massively reduced so actually the risk of any transmissible infections being carried across are, are negated entirely. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, especially like quite a lot of scanners nowadays, obviously Trius included, are autoclavable in terms of the tips. Mm. So autoclavable and reusable is going to be optimal for, obviously d- besides a disposable tip, optimal is going to be autoclavable. Yeah. Obviously there's lots of issues with disposable tips. First, you've got the cost factor. Secondly, you have the, the environmental impact as well. We're mm. a Danish company, of course, we're relatively uh, we're relatively green in our thinking. Yeah. Um, so autoclaving tips was going to be a big, big priority for us when we were developing Trias. But it's, you know, it is, it is just a monumental help to have a you know a set of tips that can be autoclaved as opposed to you know reaching into a box one day and going oh no i've run out of tips yeah yeah so you know all these things have um have their downsides it's going to be plus size to disposable as you say that 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 negates that you know autoclavable tips it's uh when do you replace them and you know they they are more expensive to replace so um you know and and that is one of the bugbears I think people has about the the tips is cost of tips, whether whether you're using a disposable one or or the other one, it's always going to be an issue. And then yeah. you, you've got your Serec ones where you just wipe it, and that's kind of it, yeah. you know. So you, it's it, it is a it's a difficult one to manage. But yeah, I I think autoclavable tips are a great great plan because obviously you know you know it's clean and you're using autoclaved instruments anyway you know it's going to be as clean as it as it can be for that um and obviously plastic waste but biodegradable disposable tips that's what you got to work on next biodegradable oh, yeah. disposable mirrors <laughs> sounds easy <laughs> it sounds so easy um yeah. but yeah i'm sure there's some clever people within three show doing something there but yeah. again i i have no idea so no. <laughs> but um i think it touches on running costs of the scanners like even linking it back into the original conversation we were having about the setup of the, the you know the maybe two or so scanners between five so surgeries mm. um you've got to think about running costs they are a huge factor in buying an intraoral scanner and a running cost of two scanners is naturally going to be less than the running cost of five scanners mm-hmm. whether that be in you know obviously tips are going to be the same sort of uh, of mm. cost anyway because you're still scanning the same amount of patients realistically yeah. but you know the subscription fee every or at least most scanners out there have an ongoing subscription fee so for us i can say you know the recommended retail price of a trius 3 um subscription fee is around about 1600 pounds per year obviously depending on the distributor that you go for but you know that maybe if you've got two scanners that's 3200 pounds per year 
Whereas if you were to go for maybe four scanners for your four clinics that are all wired, mm-hmm. um, maybe it might be might be slightly cheaper per year. But suddenly, if it's a grand per scanner per year, you're paying four thousand pounds extra a year on top. And lots of people don't really consider this when they're mm-hmm. you know people talk about subscription fees and they'll kind of go, okay, no problems, I have to pay an annual subscription fee which obviously yeah. is going to be on top of your finance for the scanner, which is going to be on top of the, the scan tips. But just being able to take a look at a scanner and say, right, okay, all in, this is roughly what I'm going to be I'm going to be going mm. for is quite a smart thing to, to be discussing with a distributor. Yeah, you can budget um, that way as well. Um, yeah. The, on, the, on the subscription fees, I mean, this is a, another... So the, the tips and the subscription fees, those, those are the two sort of main bugbears I see people talking about with regards to digital, digital scanners. Um, and that people do get quite hung up on the 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 um, yearly fees. They sort of oh, but this this one's without a fee, and this one's. Now, I've I've never actually had um, I've never resented the the digital fee the the yearly fees um, simply because I of the amount of R and D that I know goes in in three shape. So, mm-hmm. like for example, uh, when when Smile Designer came out, that was obviously not charged for. Although there was a bit of an issue where I did get charged for it and then it came out for free and I was a bit yeah perplexed by that. But anyway, that's another matter. Um, when, when um, you know, patient monitoring, patient-specific motion, um, ortho-simulator, the outcome simulator, all those different things, you know, come out and that it's not charged for. And, uh, you know, I think that really is a good side to it in the you, you know you're not if if something every time something came out you know at the end of the day people will be unhappy some people will be unhappy either way if you weren't charging a, a yearly sub fee and something new came out and you charge for it then people would be unhappy about yeah. that so you know it's i i don't resent an annual annual sort of scanner fee just because i know there's r&d going into it um so and you know i'm sure not saying that companies who don't ha- have a fee don't put R and D into it, but there, you know, that I I see a lot of improvements. I see benefits to what's going on with Three Shape, and I do see a lot of improvements. And you know, I, I've I've done beta, beta testing for the last couple of years on Design Studio and things, so I you know I see what's coming out ahead of it, so I can see the work that's going in and and you know what what's being done behind the scenes to improve things. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's the subscription fees, obviously, they do go heavily towards our R&D costs, which is great because, as you said, you get features like Smile Design, like Tree Sim- uh, Treatment Simulator and Patient Monitoring come through. But I think what people don't tend to realize in terms of developments with the scanner is we do bring out these big major features, but there's a lot of things that we do behind the scenes that just make things easier for people to, mm. to scan. Like, we never really fully pushed the idea that we had an AI algorithm within the scanner Mm. um, to actually remove, you know, soft tissue, mirrors, fingers, everything that gets in the way, a patient's tongue, for example. I mean, (laughs) how often do we hear the the words inquisitive tongue uh, in in the the industry? Patients just love to lick stuff. It just... (laughs) It's just how it is. So I'm glad you, know, you said we, that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like they, when you put a, a mirror in a patient's mouth, first thing they do is they poke it with their tongue, mm. and it's no different with an intraoral scanner. So when we bought out AI scanning as a as an idea, 
we never really I think we were a little bit guilty of not actually marketing that as a mm. as a feature because we really should be it's it's an amazing feature that does separate us from the massive intraoral scanners on the market and it's a feature that we as of subscription just released to everybody in a big batch push mm. um, so I mean I know I spoke to a clinician must be going back a couple of weeks now who still has a Trius 1 so the original Trius scanner from 2000 and I believe 2011 um, he is using the latest version of the software. He's using Trius Treatment Simulator for his orthodontic cases. He is using Smile Design for his aesthetic cases. And he has AI scanning on his on his old scanner. Cool. And it just goes to prove that, you know, he's placed his faith in 3Shape to actually pay the subscription fee every year. And it has paid off. Has, um, I hope he's upgraded his computer hardware since then. He has. Uh, yeah, that, was that, the, that was the reason we yeah. got in touch. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, it's obviously the only, as you said, the only thing you really need to consider is, you know, keeping up to date with the latest uh, supporting hardware. So whether it be a laptop, whether it be, you know, an upgrade to your cart unit, whether it be an upgrade to your move unit, um, realistically, the handpiece can, if you look after it, of course, can actually last you a surprising amount of time, um, yeah. which is why people, when people come, obviously I do a lot of demos, when people ask me, um, which is very, very often, you know, is there, you know, a new scanner coming out? Is there, you know, is this scanner going to be made redundant in the next year or so? Realistically, yeah. I can't promise them anything, but if you take a look at the 2011 scanner that people are still using, it's not in our best interest to be to be shutting people out based on the scanner choice that they use. And right? I think the the accuracy of the, the scanners is, is, the hardware is up there anyway. Um, you know, like I, I don't believe Trios Four is particularly any more accurate than Trios Three, uh, as far as I'm aware. Um, maybe it is. I, I, I'm not uh, it's, it's similar trueness and definition and everything. Yeah. So, so actually, you know, obviously there are advances in Trios Four over Trios Three, such as the caries detection. The I think the biggie is the quick heating tips and being yeah. wireless and wired simultaneously, so you can you can do either. Because um, that's that's the one thing with Trios Three that um, the wireless falls down on is the the heating of the tips. In that you have to put a battery and wait for it to heat, and then you take sure. you know by the time you're ready, scan you've got to change the battery again. So that's that's the one major benefit to Trios Four wireless um i don't have a trios for my partner does in practice and i'm <laughs> just ever so slightly bitter and envious about it but let's not get into that um but the yeah uh, the the accuracy is there the algorithm obviously can change and improve that with regards to the scanning algorithm and, and all the software but it is software based it's not a hardware based benefit to to upgrading you know the the accuracy of fit i get on restorations if the scan is good it doesn't need to be any better you yeah. know that you know i don't you know the the only only thing i can see that, that might be marginally beneficial is an increased depth of scan to get very deep margins but yeah. i i don't struggle to get them generally anyway you know so the biggest question i tend to get asked is obviously when people uh, attend my demos at least they're obviously going to be looking at other other intraoral scanners on the marketplace and the two questions are always, you know, how accurate is your scanner? How fast is your scanner? Mm. Uh, I think we've just time and time again proven that the scanner that we've got at least is 
more than enough in terms of speed and more than enough in terms of accuracy. I mean, I've seen internally somebody scan an entire lower arch in six seconds. That's, yeah, Would crazy. you ever scan a patient in six seconds? Probably not. not. You'd probably end up so, so, causing some serious issues. So, so, and but, the fact is, the, the speed is not the issue. Um, mm-hmm. The speed, um, you know, when, when it comes to scanning a full arch, you it probably takes me a minute and a half to scan a full arch in reality sure. um the limiting factor is in how fast the scanner can pick it up the limiting factor is how much how quickly i can control the patient's tongue the saliva the soft tissues move the scanner around the mouth and stitch everything without things getting in the way and some patients you know have really floppy lips and passive tongues and you know yeah everything just moves away from the scanner and you can scan them in about 25 seconds no problem full arch other patients it'll take me five minutes because if they've got a sort of bounded lingual edentula saddle the then i have to sort of come around to the lingual and pick try and pick up the soft tissues i have to take off ai scan all that kind of stuff that is much more difficult they're not not the everyday cases but you know that they, they are more tricky to do um so so the limitation isn't how fast it can scan and you know i remember when i was at one of the um bdia showcases i i won some thing with henry shine by scanning a model in 10 seconds or 11 seconds or something like that yeah so yeah yes i can scan a model in 11 seconds but can i do that for a patient in their mouth no do i need to no reality is an impression will take you know a silicon impression will take three to six minutes to set i can scan quicker than that and also i'm not just sat there like a you know lump or whatever with my fingers in a patient's mouth waiting for it to set either i'm actually actively doing something which keeps my uh slightly overactive brain going so <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it makes sense i mean well i think that's probably in terms of timing probably all we've got time for but thank you yeah. so much for for helping us out with this doug really really appreciate the the conversation mm-hmm. and um i guess is there anything that you wanted to talk about in terms of for your for your sake have you got any courses going on or any um you know? so uh, we're, potentially we're looking at setting up a course um so it's more a case of watch this space check my instagram and facebook if if we're looking at doing that um so yeah we are looking at possibly a digital restorative course we're going to set up um i'm doing you know a few lectures here and there and webinars and things like that but you know webinars i think are mostly with three shape anyway so they'll be they'll sure. advertised by you guys um yeah uh sort of, no, nothing no specifics i can give a present but yeah potentially there are going to be a few things going on um i do get quite a few people messaging me asking to come and see the workflow coming to see the practice um and how we do things and you know i'm I'm happy to do that but obviously covid willing it's been a bit a bit tricky recently sure. um and people are you know mentoring and things like that but you know it's uh, ha- happy to help people out it's just a case of um you know time and <laughs> enough at the moment um <laughs> sure. yeah so uh yeah i'll i'll post things on social media um on my D- doug the dentist on instagram for things like for courses and stuff so if, if people are interested in mentoring you know uh, i will put that on there when i get a chance 
Okay, perfect. Well, thanks again anyway. Um, for all you guys listening, if you have any further inquiries just about anything that me and Doug have talked about today, obviously you can reach out to Doug to um, to have a chat about that. But if you also wanted to speak more about sort of a sales perspective or you wanted to get in touch with a reseller um, to actually look into to purchase, purchasing anything from us, uh, then you just need to send an email to ukinquiries at threeshape.com and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thanks so much for joining and take care. Thank you.